Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Who Are You and What Do You Do? As usual, I'm your host, Chris Golian, and today I'm joined by Lieutenant John Hoven from the Division of Fire and Rescue. John, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, Chris. So we'll, we'll get things started off here, and, and how long have you worked for the City of Brunswick? Um, I've been with the City of Brunswick for um, in my 12th year the department, so I got hired in 2011. Okay, have you always worked for the City of Brunswick, or have you been a firefighter in any other city? I've actually been a firefighter since 2003, and I was a military firefighter in the United States Air Force. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then uh, I've worked part-time for a couple places until I got hired. And I also work for the Village of Richfield Fire Department part-time. Currently, uh, I was on Brunswick Hills Township for about 10 years. So I got a little bit of experience. So how does being a firefighter in a city differ from being a firefighter for the Air Force? It's very similar than um, in, in an aspect of, of the job. I mean, it's the same job anywhere you go. You know, you do, you're performing the same duties, just in a different capacity. You know, in the military, we had aircraft to protect along with people and buildings. You know, and being a government employee, you know, the budgets are different. But it's, it's essentially the same thing. We follow the same um, guidelines and standards. Okay, and then uh, where were you stationed at? Um, as in your time as an Air Force firefighter? Um, I was actually stationed in uh, Isleson Air Force Base, Alaska. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot different than any the climate and environment is yes. around here. So I was in Alaska, and then from there I deployed a couple times to Iraq. And what was that like, you know, in the differences between being in Alaska, being, being that firefighter, and then being deployed? You know, what responsibilities did you carry over when you were deployed? Yeah, like I said, uh, I was a firefighter um, in the United States Air Force, so as you know, uh, airplanes are the number one mission, so we would protect uh, all the aircraft um, if they were to catch on fire or anything like that. And then there's also um, all the hubs we were stationed at, you know, thousands of soldiers and troops that lived in camps, trailers, there's vehicles, buildings, so we just performed firefighting duties, but in like a combat zone. That's pretty interesting. I, I didn't even, obviously that's something that's needed, but not something that you usually think of when you think of the military, but that's interesting. So what led you to becoming a firefighter? Well, like I said, I kind of, I got my start off. I went to the Medina County Career Center and I've always had just, um, I've always been a, like to help people. Um, I've got some firemen in my family. And uh, when I got my start off in the career center, that's really where I think it uh, kind of set in on me that I wanted to be a firefighter. And, um, you know, 12, 15 years ago, it was actually more difficult to get into the career field than it is now. So I wanted to um, go in the military and serve my country for a few years. And then that would give me a good start. And then going around interviewing, taking tests, you know, you get extra points for being in the military. So I kind of had a plan, like it, it was pretty thought out that my plan was to, you know, go in the military, do my four years, come out, and then try to get hired onto a full-time career department. But, you know, being in the military, I guess it uh, that's where I got my start on. I really enjoy helping people and, and making a difference and being something, being something part of, uh, I guess you'd say that's like bigger than myself, you know. And that's what I really enjoy about it. 
talking about what you enjoy. What are, what's your day to day like? What are your responsibilities like um, as lieutenant? And then just you know, what's a daily shift like? Yeah, you know, um, I guess one of the things I really do enjoy about the job is you never know, you know, what you're going to come into. But we, you know, there's so much training we have to do. There's so many things we have to do around the station that need to get done on a daily um, basis. There's things that need to get done on a weekly and monthly basis. But obviously our number one priority is uh, protecting human life and and the property of the residents of Brunswick and the people that travel, commute, and visit Brunswick. So no matter what we're doing, um, when somebody calls 911, we're going to drop what we're doing and be ready to respond. So... You never know what the day is going to kind of entail. But we come in every morning and we do a formal like roll call shift change with the offgoing crews. They'll let us know of any like vehicle issues or um, any equipment that we may have um, left at a hospital or that may have been changed on different vehicles. So we just do like a pass, pass over of information. Um, and then we go ahead and we, we check the vehicles, uh, make sure they got fuel, medical supplies, you know, all the noses, hoses and nozzles are properly placed. Um, so that way we're ready to respond. In the event that we're called, we're requested, we are ready to respond efficiently and, and go to work. So we, we, we check our equipment, we wash all the vehicles, uh, we clean the station. You know, we live there 24 hours a day. So we don't have a maid service. We have, you know, we have mops, we have vacuum cleaners, we have toilet bowl cleaner. You know, when we go around, and uh, especially once COVID started, we kind of, you know, bleach all the stuff down really good and um, to make sure that uh, we kill any germs. But it's just, you know, just like living at home. Um, so we, the station's always tidied up and cleaned. The equipment's checked. Um, and then we eat. We, you know, we um, have, we try to have three squares or two squares a day, sit down and eat together. And uh, um, we have daily training and like I said, it's scheduled, and every day is kind of the same with all the baseline stuff. But if an emergency comes in, that's the number one priority. So we stop what we're doing. And some days we don't get any of that stuff I talked about done because we're constantly running emergencies. You know, so it you know you go through your day and you get slow days. You get a little bit more done, and then some days you don't get anything done. But that's kind of that's kind of why I like it because it's never the same. Every day is a little different. That's something that I was going to touch upon was, is that something that you enjoy? Because some people enjoy that structure, whereas opposed to sort of controlled chaos, because you don't necessarily know where you could be be going or what you're heading to or what sort of situation is, you know, that you're about to approach. So, uh, you, you know, you got thinking ahead, got me, got me there because I had that question written down. But um, you alluded to some of the different trainings and things like that. Um, you know, what, what is that like? You know, how do you choose, um, you know, what programs or what certifications um, you have? Is that something that you collaborate with everyone else? And so that one, one person has this, another person has that, or is it sort of uniform where everybody has the same certifications and, and trainings and such? Yeah, well, I mean, at the bare minimum, um, you know, the city of Brunswick, we have 24 full-time firefighter paramedics, um, level two professional firefighters and paramedics. That's the main, um, those are your main baseline certificates. 
um, you have to go to uh, Fire Academy, and then you go to um, EMT Basic School, and then Paramedic School. And we have to maintain those. Um, just for the state of Ohio, you have to recertify every three years. So you have to have, for like your paramedic, you have to have um, like 84 hours of continuing education. Um, and like most of that, you got to pretty much do on your own, whether you, uh, you know, go to hospitals and when they have classes, you, uh, you go online and, and you get you go to lectures and webinars and things like that. And the hospital comes in a little bit to help us out and give us con ed. But when COVID started, it really, it, it really slowed down. Um, and then same thing with, with fire, with your fire card. You have to maintain so many hours every three years of training. Um, and that's just your basic uh, fire EMS. Uh, we also have some, some of the members are, uh, like myself as a lieutenant, I'm a fire instructor. So I went and took a class at Tri-C uh, and was uh, given the blessing to now be a fire instructor. So it's my job to make sure that, 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 that our members are getting um, education and training, you know, and being as busy as we are, it, it is difficult to say, okay, uh, you know, once or twice a month, we have hands-on training, we have, um, there's online stuff, there's reading, and then there's certain subject matters we're all hitting, and, and it, it does get, um, does get, it does get difficult and tricky when you're busy in the call volume and stuff like that, and that's just on the fire side of it, um, we do have specialties, like we have guys in hazmat, uh, rope guys, uh, ice rescue, and Medina County has an all-hazards team, um, and a few of us are members on, and we go to specialized training. So because, you know, the city of Brunswick, um, the largest city in the county, um, and the busiest call volume-wise for a career fire department, um, you know, we don't have enough hazmat technicians to handle a large hazmat incident. So we would call in the specialized county team where maybe three or four guys on Brunswick are part of. There's members of all departments of Medina County and they get together once a month and train. So if I get on scene, I can activate that specialized team, whether it's a hazmat or um, like I have a high, some kind of weird rope rescue that you need specialized members for. Okay. There are special units for that in the, co- in the county. So we, we can call that them out and activate those teams. And we do have members that participate on those teams. Um, and it's something that we do, like they do off on their own. It's not mandatory, but um, it just kind of like makes you a more of a well-rounded uh, firefighter and paramedic when you have, when you have like, you know, I know I have a couple guys on my shift. He's really, really good with hazmat. I know he's really, really good with knots. Um, you know, we're all different. We're all human beings and we're all, we all have something to offer, whether, you know, some, some, some guys have a niche for a certain subject, not just like the firefighting, the um, an EM, EMS part of it. They might be a really good rope person or they like water, so they really, they really enjoy the ice rescue and, and stuff like that. So you kind of find those people and try to push them to pursue that specialty, and then they can bring that back and, and – um, you know, teach us, teach the other members of the department. Um, so that's kind of like how the training and uh, what you kind of need to do, if that answered your question. Yeah. When you're putting together, you know, a shift of guys or, or whoever, you know, is that, um, 
is that part of that decision making is who has this sort of specialty and who can do this well is is that sort of in the de- the decision making process for how groups are put together kind of in a way most not really um, the reason being is because there's we have so there's three shifts a b and c and we work 24 hours on 48 hours off and then each on each shift there's eight per, there's eight we, we have all um men firemen paramedics so when i say I, I, we don't we don't have any females as of right now so the guys say the guys in general so there's 24 of us so there's three eight-man shifts our minimum manning is we have to have six people on duty every day. So two people are off every shift. Um, and we have what's called a Kelly day. So when we work the 24 on 48 off, it's a 21 day cycle of work. You work seven shifts and then you get a shift off. It's not paid, but it's like, because you work 24 on 48 off, 24 on 48 off, you're working like Saturday, Sunday weekends. When you hit that seventh shift, you get a five day break, but it's like, Somebody has a Monday Kelly day. Somebody has a Tuesday Kelly day, a Wednesday. And then, so there's a Kelly day every day. And because we have eight guys, there's a double Kelly day. Okay. And then we have people taking vacation time. And it's all based on seniority. You know, so you if all, the, if all of our senior guys are hazmat guys, we can't put them all on one shift. Because, like, scheduling, we have to have six people there. But when it comes to picking vacation time, it's all based on seniority. So you have to kind of, the shifts are broken up to, for one, it's there's two lieutenants per shift because there's two firehouses. So there's, so I'm in, right now I'm in, I'm kind of, uh, I'm the shift uh, lieutenant on a C shift at station one. And then there's another C shift lieutenant at station two. So I'm in charge of my shift at that firehouse for right now. And we, we rotate stations. Um, so it's based off seniority. Not necessarily like what your uh, if you have extra training, like your skill level. Okay. So the lieutenants are separated, um, two per shift, and then it kind of falls in on seniority. So you might have like two eight-year guys on each shift, two fifteen-year guys on each shift. There's like a, a high a, from like lowest to highest. There's like all your new guys. They're they're spread out. All your middle guys, and that just goes with like picking vacation time and stuff like that. Okay. And so you talked a little bit about, you know, you're a lieutenant. How do you achieve that rank? Well, what's that process like? Yeah, you know, um, so I've been a lieutenant for a little over two years. And I got promoted, uh, like, right as COVID hit. And that was a very stressful time. Um, and, you know, I don't know why, like, you could ask me, like, why did you want to be a lieutenant? Well, um, I guess I'm not answering the question appropriately. Um, you want to know how you become a lieutenant, but I'm telling you why first, I guess, because it's, you know, you, you can come to work and, uh, and all, everybody I work with is, is wonderful. We're, we're a family, you know. Um, we're there on Christmas, Thanksgiving, holidays. I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not your normal Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Um, they got, we take a lot of stuff home with us that, that we shouldn't have to. We see a lot of stuff, so... We're, we're a family, we're, we're, we're a tight group of guys, you know, my wife hangs out with guys I work with and their wives, and we're, we're just, we're a big family, and we, we care about the community, and we care about the people, and to be in the position, like, I'm a first-line supervisor, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a young young guy in my department, but I'm a middle-range, middle like, 12-year guy, and 
how do I go about, I'm in charge of a guy that's been there for 25 years. I decided to elect to take on that responsibility of making sure he goes home to his wife and family every day. It's basically, I mean, that's what it can boil down to. So being in the role as a first-line supervisor, as a lieutenant, and it goes the same with the police department. Their sergeants and lieutenants have to do the same thing. It's a big, you bear a big responsibility, and I take it very seriously. I mean, I love my job. I have fun. I will continue to learn and grow and develop personally, professionally throughout my career because it's never, this job is a never, you never learn it all. You don't, you'll never know it all. But I decided a couple of years ago that I'm going to, you know, we're all, we're civil service, so you got to take a test for promotional. And when I was real, you could, I think we have, we had, at the time I did it, we had to have five years on the job. And then you could take a promotional test through civil service. And the first one, you know, you, you take a test, you buy the books, and there's a written exam, and then there's an oral assessment center, and then you get put on a list. And then if they're hiring, you know, then you go through like an additional interview process and you get ranked. And then that's how you get promoted. Um, kind of like how you get hired with civil service. So eventually I, uh, and because we don't have, we only have 24 members with uh, six, we only have six bosses or six lieutenants. It's not very often that like you're going to hire four or three. It's, you know, it's one every few years or, you know, one every 10 years. So it took me a little while. I got promoted a little over two years ago, uh, right before COVID. And I haven't looked back since. I, I love the position. Um, it is it is and can be stressful, but I feel like um, I want to be in that role. I want to set the pace for my shift. I want to be a role model for younger guys. I want to breed a culture of of people of, of young guys that love that love the job and don't forget why you wanted to become a fireman because it's not like you just don't just go sign up to do this job. It, you either you either love it, you're all in, or you're not, um, and you have to be. You have to be all in with this place, not this place, but this position in this position. So that's kind of how and why I'm a lieutenant, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and you've kind of mentioned it a few or referenced it a few times, but you don't have to give an extensive answer. But you know, how did the pandemic affect all of those things for for uh, you guys? I mean, yeah, you know, it was yeah, it was a scary thing. You know, I first when I first got promoted. I went down to Station 2's firehouse, and I was stationed down there. And, um, you know, we run three got three members out of each station, three and three for the day. So you kind of, you're on, um, each station has a fire apparatus and an ambulance. And you um, hop on the ambulance when you get an EMS call, or you hop on the fire truck when you get a, uh, like a fire call, whether that's a fire alarm or a structure fire or something needing the fire engine. So you, you, it's called jump staffing, you know. When COVID first hit, I just got promoted. We, you know, I don't think anybody in, in the country knew what was going on. It was, there was a lot of, a lot of unknowns. You know, how can we be safe? How can we operate safely? You know, what if all of our guys get COVID and they can't help people? We're constantly cleaning. We're, we're wearing like face masks in the station. We're coming back and we're taking showers after every single call and washing our clothes and, you know, we're just, there was a lot of unknowns that we still practiced, um, you know, safe measures with COVID, but now that we know a little more and there, you know, some guys got vaccinated and we kind of like, nobody really even got COVID on our department until like the second year, then it, it wiped us out, you know? So if we, if we, if we knew what we know now, it would be a little different, I think. 
but the, they, yeah, we only put two people down at station two when it first started off because station two is very tiny and, sta- and station one is a little bigger. So we could like socially distance each other. And mm-hmm. then if somebody got COVID, we, you know, it was just one of the, it was a tactic they used and having four personnel at station one and two personnel at station two, it allowed us to run two man units or two member, two firemen, paramedics, ambulances to, cut, to run a third call. Cause we thought we were going to be busy with all the COVID stuff, but actually in reality it was the opposite. People weren't, they were being told to stay home and they weren't calling as much. Really. Um, but it was just, it was the fear of the unknown. And then now, because we're now I'm down at station two with only it's just, I'm a brand new Lieutenant and it's just me and one other. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of an introduction to have. And my thing is like, understand the COVID side of it. But now that, now that something's on fire, something's burning, I only have one person with me on a fire truck. Not, not, not the typical three, but we, you know, my superiors, my chiefs, um, obviously had had some faith in me, and I didn't, I didn't look at it as, um, oh my gosh, we can't do this. How can we be better? Like, how are we going to overcome this? And that's what we do. We're we're problem solvers. We're we fix people's problems. So, and we we over we overcame it. Um, you know, luckily nobody got hurt, and. Uh, we were able to do, continue to do the job. And then, you know, now we have different measures like cleaning measures in the station. We have, we had a cleaning company come in, sanitizing the stations once a week. And then, uh, you know, we had, we take our temperatures at work and all our vital signs and, and things like that. And, you know, we were, if guys were getting COVID or we thought we were severely exposed to COVID, we were told to stay home. And it was just a lot of, just like it was for uh, everybody else, we just didn't shut down. We just, we came to work when everybody was staying at home, you know? Right. Yeah. That not an option for, yeah. for, for all of you. So I'll wrap things up here. It's pretty recent. You were named the Brunswick firefighter of the year for 2021. What does that mean to you? Yeah. I, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm truly humbled by it. You know, I'm a pretty passionate guy. I love, I, I love my job and I'm a, I'm a hometown Brunswick kid. Um, I born and raised, um, I got family, my mom and dad, my brothers, they live in Brunswick. So I, I want to be the best that I could be because, I mean, I'm doing it for my hometown, doing this for my community. Um, and I just I just try to come to work and do my job, you know. And for my chiefs to put me up for that, um, it, it's really humbling because I have a lot of respect for both my fire chiefs right now. And they're, they're both really, really, they're, they're great guys. They're great mentors, great supervisors. And uh, they're really doing a good job moving our department forward, prog- be progressing. Um, so it is. It's it's nice to be recognized. Um, but I just I just want to do a good job, and I want to um, help being part of a, a new culture of, of young guys that are coming up, um, and just be positive and be a good role model for them. So I mean, it is an it's an honor. I mean, I am really excited about it. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just trying to do my job, you know? Right, and you talk about that camaraderie and, and how your family and, and such. So when I saw that, I said, oh, I, you probably won't want to talk about it, but I got to ask him. So, but congratulations. Um, it seems obviously like that was extremely well-earned. And so congrats again. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode of Who Are You and What Do You Do? Thank you for coming in. Check out the show at bat.vibit.com and on various podcasting platforms. So see everybody.